0: Welcome back to Crossing the Jordan, everybody. I pray that you are doing wonderful, and sorry it's been so long. It's been since July. It's been over two months, but uh, we are back at it, and uh, we are going to kind of have a flurry of a few different episodes. I plan on maybe doing about four of them on the topic of abortion, because it's top, front, and center of the uh, the country, and particularly in the state that I live in, which is Michigan. Um, so... The very first one I think is the most important. Today's is today's episode is titled 10 reasons why you should vote no on proposal 3 even if you support abortion. So, um, I have covered the topic of abortion in pretty great detail uh, a couple years ago. Um, first starting, I had we had uh, a series. It was five parts, but particularly the episodes two through five. So parts two through five is called voting with purpose. And this was released back on September 4th of 2020. If you want to go watch that and I'll, or listen to it and I'll leave links in the show notes. And then that goes in great detail about all the different aspects and how, uh, um, how I used to view everything, um, and how that's radically changed, uh, due to science and to reason and to true compassion and true healthcare. Um, and then I and then there was a, a bonus episode that we released that I released last year on September 11th, titled "What do 9/11 and 11 and abortion have in common?" So again, uh, I'll have links to these in the show notes to listen to those more. Um, but also, you can find them in the uh, you know the episodes listing in the Excel file of the Crossing the Jordan um, uh, website. So then you can kind of filter on pro life abortion, and those five will pop up for you. So today is 10 reasons why you should vote no on Proposal 3, even if you support abortion. So the background of this is that on uh, November 8th, on the ballot, and uh, November 8th is the voting day, but if you get an absentee ballot like I do, you're going to get it at the end of this month in September. So this is a uh, very important issue that we need to address right now, not in October, not November, but right now as we lead up to people starting to cast their votes and their ballots. So, proposal three on the ballot is decept- is a deceptive title called "Reproductive Rights for All," which is an, which is a proposed amendment to the Michigan Constitution, um, and this is a supposedly a big deal. Like I don't know too much behind the the background of just the Michigan constitution and things like that. But supposedly from people who are lawyers and people who are, um, you know, no uh, political science, everything, a, an amendment to a constitution, whether it be the federal law or the, um, state law, I guess is a huge deal. And like, you don't play around with the constitution unless you have very good reason to do so. Um, so first and foremost, this is, I, I guess, a very big deal let alone what is actually proposed in this amendment. So it is very, very, very radical. So first and foremost, this amendment was, um, the, I guess, the push for this amendment and the money funding this and trying to advertise for this being pushed everywhere is by who? Planned Parenthood and ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union. So they're pushing for all of these uh, so-called ab- right to abortion um, after the overturning of roe versus Wade. they proposed it to for it to be on the ballot and a lot of people pushed back because even people said like it was gibberish in there like it's very confusing terminology. They don't define their terms. they um, say things that are very confusing to anybody. so, this was already receiving pushback from the get-go, but it was passed that this would actually be on the ballot. I think that got passed in like earlier this month in September, or maybe the last day of August. So it is going to be on the ballot, and it is on the ballot. So you can see, I'm going to leave show uh, links in the show notes to one what you'll actually see on the ballot because it's just a summary that ends up on the ballot, right? Um, So you'll actually see the the ballot terminology that they'll use, and there'll be a link on that. Then I'll leave a link also to the entire amendment. It's actually not very long. It's only three or four pages, and... Uh, not too many paragraphs, it's all broken up. And then, so that you can see the full amendment. And then I'm also leaving a link to the analysis of the full amendment. Because again, like I said, it's very it's, it uses very vague terminology, doesn't define its terms such as age, fetal viability. They use the term compelling state interest in order to actually intervene of stopping an abortion happening. Um, and they say things like, instead of doctors, they say healthcare professionals, which actually under that terminology includes anybody as a healthcare professional professional, even including a dentist. So a dentist could perform an abortion. So it's extremely confusing. Um, And so there's an analysis for that that breaks down. It's only a two pager. So that I would actually even recommend maybe even going to that first. It's very easy to read. It's two pages. It shows a paragraph or text from the amendment. And then on the right hand side is the actual analysis and actually like what it means and what it'll actually remove. So this is an extremely deceptive bill, and it's the most extreme abortion bill ever proposed in the history of America. And they're trying to make it into the Constitution in Michigan, which would re- not only just remove restrictions, but remove a lot of laws and pro-life laws. And um, yeah, it's it's crazy. So um, even pro-choice and pro-abortion Americans who don't understand the reality of abortion or... and have come to believe in some way shape or form that yeah abortion should be legal in some circumstances all circumstances even if you're full uh pro-abortion to the moment of birth or even afterwards and you believe that infanticide is okay there's still in this in this bill very important things on why you should still vote no on this proposal so we're going to start with the most extreme. Um, so even if you're a pro-abortionist, so not just pro-choice. I think it's up to the to the woman. I, I don't under, don't understand. It's not my call, and I'm still uncomfortable with abortion. I think there should be restrictions on it. That's more pro what people would probably label themselves as pro-choice. But there are a lot of pro-abortionists now, <laughs> and so even if you're pro-abortionist, where you support a woman full term getting an abortion. Um, here's five reasons on why you should st- you should still vote no on this proposal. Number one, this will the bill will remove parental consent and notification to parents for minors. So right now, a minor has to have parental consent, and even in the schools, a a uh, a minor has to get parental consent to even have a teacher give them a Tylenol or any form of medication. But in this case, the parents don't have to know. And parents don't have to consent, so a parent does not have uh, an authority over their child in this in this sense. But guess who does? A teacher. A teacher can walk in with a minor student for abortion, for an abortion, and also it creates provisions to get sterilizations and hormone therapy without parental consent. So if your son thinks he's a girl, hey, you might not know it, but their but their teachers they can go in to Planned Parenthood or any other, um, uh, these so-called, you know, clinics that you can get sterilization and hormone therapies, uh, without parental consent, which we can have a whole other episode on that, but not only is it this hormone therapy stopping and it's an oppression of, of their hormones, but we intrinsically are, uh, are and down to our DNA and core are, uh, binary and sexualized creatures. And so um, not only is it suppressing the development of their sexual organs, but guess what? Our sexual organs are uh, also integral to our entire body. So guess what happens? Mental, emotional, um, and psychological uh, oppression as well. And so there's tons of science out there that is extremely harmful to kids. But anyhow, so that's number one. This will remove parental consent and notification to parents for minors. If you're a parent and you have a child that uh, thinks, you know, he's a girl or she's a boy or uh, they get pregnant, hey, you might not ever know. But your teacher, your your student's teacher, your child's teacher can take them in and get them an abortion or whatever they need. Number two, this uh, bill will also remove informed medical, medical consent laws. So this is a uh, requirement under the current law that you as a patient are, there has to be consent to consent and understanding of information provided to you. This will remove that. So now you won't have that information and you will not have that, that required consent. Number three, this bill will remove laws that require abortion facilities to be licensed and inspected by the state of Michigan. And so if you want an abortion all the way up to nine months, you walk into that facility, you have no regulation of how clean that facility is, how uh, how upkeep it is, and how um, how even licensed the professionals there, uh, that are there to perform the procedure, right? Number four, This will also remove laws that prosecute anyone who injures or kills a woman during an abortion. So if you're a woman, you go and get an abortion, and guess what? Uh, for every single type of abortion, whether it's first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, there are grave consequences and risks, not only to uh, its trauma to the body. So it's a lot of times mental and emotional damage afterwards, but also it could have um, consequences later on with infertility, but also um, it could hemorrh- you could hemorrhage, you could uh, have a tear, and you could bleed out and die. Or you go to the emergency room and, and uh, please God that you survive. But guess what? That doctor that you said that you could give to give that they can perform this procedure on, you can't prosecute them. You have no rights under the law now. And number five, this will this bill will revoke conscience rights of medical professionals who choose not to participate in abortions. This is any doctor who thinks that abortion is wrong, and um, this is anybody it's not because a lot of people do not want to do abortions not just because they're religious but because they think it's killing a human being and it's harmful to women and they have other various reasons or they're not qualified to do it but guess what they're going to revoke those conscience rights so you as a medical professional if somebody wants an abortion what are you to say no i'm not going to do that okay so those are the five reasons on why the most extreme people should still vote no on this law on this bill the last five are for people who are even on the fence where, uh, you know, I'm kind of pro-choice, like, yeah, maybe first trimester is okay. Second trimester, I'm a little less uncomfortable than there needs to be grave circumstances. And um, and this goes to show the American thought too. Um, there's a, a lot of Americans that think that um, it should be legal under certain circumstances in the first trimester. Then that percentage decreases in the second trimester. And there, in, the, in a 2018 Gallup poll, it showed that only 13% of Americans think abortion is okay in the third trimester. But guess what? This bill would allow abortion up to the day of birth, including partial birth abortions. Okay, so If you think that there should be some restrictions, just know that in our state, if this gets passed, there will be murdering of full-term babies um, that are ready to be born or even in the process of being born, and they can have partial birth abortions. Number two, um, and this is, well, I guess it's number two for the pro-choice argument, but number seven in total, is this will also remove the 24-hour waiting period. So, Currently, under law, if some if a woman comes in to get an abortion, there is a 24-hour required waiting period, which has a period of counseling before an abortion. So somebody will sit down with them and counsel them in this decision that they're making, and who knows what that looks like. But they're going to remove that. So you come in for an abortion. Hey, this is like an uh, this is like an uh, um, outpatient procedure. Number three or number eight in total is this will allow for taxpayer-funded abortions. My money. Your money can go to Medicaid, and somebody can use our money to murder their child, to pay somebody else to murder their child. Number four uh, for this pro choice, for even why pro choice people should be against this, is this will remove health care or extreme. Um, extraordinary health care over babies that are born alive due to botched abortions. So premature babies or babies with even health problems, they could now legally be denied extraordinary health care. So what does that mean? They will just let the child die. And lastly, uh, number 10 in total, or number five for this last little section, number 10, this last one, is that abortion is murder. It's murdering the most innocent, the most vulnerable, and it is always and everywhere wrong. Um, In the next episode, I'm going to have, I have a nice little summary that I would like to share with everybody for you to memorize too on why you're pro-life. And, uh, and then I, you know, I'll give links to those other episodes that I mentioned before on, um, that goes into a lot of details on the topic of abortion. And so just to summarize this episode, here are the 10 reasons why, even if you are are pro-abortion or pro-choice, why you should um, vote no on proposal 3 when it becomes voting time and you get your ballot number 1 it'll remove parental consent and notification to parents for minors teachers can give consent instead of, t- instead, of instead of telling the parents Number two, it will remove informed medical consent laws. Number three, this removes laws that require abortion facilities to be licensed and inspected by the state of Michigan. Number four, this will remove laws that prosecute anyone who injures or kills a woman during an abortion. Number five, this will revoke conscience rights of medical professionals who choose not to participate in abortions. Number six, it will allow abortion up to the day of birth, including partial birth abortions. Number uh, number seven, this will remove a 24-hour waiting period and and a time of counseling before an abortion. Number eight, this will allow taxpayer-funded abortion. And number nine, this will remove health care over babies born alive or premature babies or babies with health problems. They could legally be denied extraordinary health care if they're born alive. And number 10, murder is always wrong, and it's murdering the most vulnerable, and it's always and everywhere wrong. So that brings me to kind of my, uh, uh, and uh, like I mentioned, there'll be several links in the show note. There'll be two more links that I would like to provide. One of them is um, uh, Bishop Boye. He's the Bishop of of Lansing, Michigan. He sent out a a great letter that I think is going to be read this weekend, November 17th and 18th at every single mass on why every single person should vote no uh, on Proposal 3. And so I have a link to his um, proposal, but also he started a um, campaign called Fight Like Heaven. This was to counter what... Governor Whitmer said when she said she's going to fight like hell to have abortion rights um, in the state of Michigan. And now she's pushing it for it to put into the Constitution. And so Bishop Boyer's campaign is called Fight Like Heaven. And I'll leave this in the show notes as well. But um, it's a 54-day novena that started on this past Thursday, uh, September 15th um that goes all the way up until november 8th and no- and september 15th this past thursday when it started just so happened to be the feast of our lady of sorrows which i'll describe in a second um but to to get into this campaign and to get text every single day for it just text fight like heaven all one word fight like heaven all one word to eight four five seven six 84576. So the number that you're texting to is 84576 and you're texting fight like heaven. You'll get a link. You'll get daily updates. And um, so it's a 54 day rosary novena for this proposal to not pass. And so, and then the last link that I'll provide is uh, a link to the Support Michigan Women and Children um, website, which has is actually the group that did that analysis that I'll provide the link to on the amendment. But I'll, they'll go into all this detail, and there's some things on there, and you can donate. Um, so, take action as well. So, the last thing. This is not a religious issue. This is a this is a reason and a human issue. Just like Martin Luther King Jr. He is a Christian pastor, but guess what? Nobody would say now, at least nobody would say that he's forcing his religion on me. He's <laughs> Saying what's right and what's wrong. Let's come to reality. Is this a person or not? And if it is, they are due the most fundamental rights. So let's continue making progress and not de- and, you know, go back in time and start calling people not humans or not persons to mm-hmm. rationalize murdering them. Um, and we're talking about the most vulnerable, a child who is in the womb, in the uterus, and the uterus is the is the only organ in a woman's body that's not for the woman. It's for other, for another child. So, and they're in their proper place to grow, just like as me and you are growing here now. Me and you were once that small. From the moment of conception, you were there. From the moment of conception, a, he, a baby is there. And so, and this is all based on science. But, anyways, uh, I bring us to the faith aspect of this. Our Lady of Sorrows. Our Lady of Sorrows is the when this 54-day novena started this past Thursday, and this is so. Uh, this is providential Our Lady of Sorrows is um, is Mary who weeps for her children in a way right she she has compassion on all of her children where does this come from and we had an entire episode on this on why Mary is the new Rachel so in the Old Testament of one of uh, Jacob or Israel, one of the the women that gave birth to you know the, one of the some of the 12 tribes of israel was named rachel and she gave birth to benjamin and rachel was also known as the mother of all israel so people would go to bethlehem and they would ask her to intercede for israel and why is this and so she died in bethlehem giving birth to benjamin benjamin in hebrew literally meant beloved the beloved one well Mother Mary, she was told in Luke 2 by the prophet Simeon that her heart, her soul would be pierced, and and where is this at? Is at the cross and John and at the end of John, who is there at the cross with Jesus? Mary. And what does Jesus say to her? That behold, behold your mother, behold your son. And who was that son? It was the beloved disciple. It was Saint John who calls himself the beloved disciple. Why? Because just as, uh, just as. Rachel died giving birth to give life to Benjamin the beloved. so too Mary in union with her son Jesus and so to speak, died with him to give life to the beloved disciples which are all of us and this is seen in Revelation 2 because guess what It says that Mary in Revelation 12:17 I believe it's 17 that she, is the one who intercedes for her children, who uh, who are disciples of Jesus, and give a witness and testimony to Jesus. And so she is the new Rachel. She was the one who um, who intercedes for us. She's the mother of the new Israel, the church, and she's the, there at the cross along with us, who participate in the redemption that Jesus offers. We, His mystical body, are united in that, and she intercedes for us there. And she, in a mystical, spiritual way, died with her son to give life to all of us. And then, lastly, in Matthew two, this is when um, this is when Herod hears about this this king who is born, and what does he have uh, done? He tells his people to go and kill every male child in Bethlehem. Why? To kill Jesus. To kill this child. And what does Matthew? Who does uh, Matthew quote? He quotes the prophet Jeremiah saying, "This a voice was heard in Ramah wailing and loud lamentation." Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they were no more. So in the context of child sacrifice, of killing innocent children, um, which was part of uh, the spirit of the Antichrist, is Rachel, who at this time where Jeremiah is writing in the Old Testament, Rachel's Long gone. She's been dead, but guess what? She's weeping for her children in Bethlehem because of um, because of what was happening to Israel. So too here, just as these infants, and so too in our current culture, where uh, 2,400 innocent children are murdered every single day, and people are celebrating this and saying it should be a right. Are is Mary here? Mary's right here. This new Rachel who is wailing in loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children because. We are living in a time where child sacrifice is still is, is still celebrated and even a, a uh, secular dogma that if you don't buy into, you're part of the issue you're part of the issue you're not the compassionate folks, right but um, so Mary here this is so beautiful that we start this Rosary novena on that feast day of Ra- of Our Lady of Sorrows who intercedes for all of her children, including the unborn. God bless you.